Woo! I'm glad y'all are excited. That was a nice shot. That's what it felt like. Golf clap, right? I know y'all can't fully embrace it yet because most of you guys haven't been to Israel, but I'm just telling you. Whew! It's going to be crazy. I'm just telling y'all right now, the journey... Like, I, I say a lot. Y'all have heard this. I say I'm really excited about the next series, and I mean it every time. I, I'm not lying to you guys, but I'm, I'm telling y'all right now. This is different because each week we're going to have five, six, seven minutes from Israel, from the location that I'm talking about that day, and I'm standing in the place, which means you guys are going to get to be there, and it's going to it's going to rock your world to find out what it really means and what it was really like and why he went where he went on the journey that he went on during his three years of earthly ministry. I'm telling y'all right now, we need to get a little bit excited because I'm telling you, it's going to flip this community upside down. Is anybody excited in this place? Yes. Eight of you now are with me. Come on. I really am excited and that uh, promo video turned out great and I'm grateful that Austin spent his time in Israel carrying a huge pack around with a video camera and everything else. It was, uh, it was, it was interesting if y'all could have been there because we looked like we knew what we were doing and we had them fooled. Come on, somebody. But I'm really excited and I hope that y'all will run your mouth and not in a bad way, but you'll tell people because I'm serious. It, it takes what seems black and white. It takes what seems not real and it, it just illuminates it when you get to stand there and when you get to see it. And so I hope you guys will, will tell all your people because it's going gonna, it's gonna to change your lives, I'm telling you, and I'm really excited. Today, I'm excited as well. Week three of You Belong, and I've been chomping at the bit for two weeks. I'm just telling y'all, when you don't let a preacher preach for a week, it gets crazy. So my poor wife and the staff are ready for me to get this out because I've been preaching it to everybody. So... I'm ready to go this morning. Is anybody else ready for the word? I want to see if y'all are prepared for what God's about to do. Is anybody ready? All right. I just scanned the audience and most of y'all did. And some of y'all are like, I'm already asleep, Pastor. Get this thing going. But I just want to say before I say the next word, you'll get exactly what you want to get today, no matter what my word is. And so I hope y'all are ready. Because I really believe God has something for you today. No matter where you are in your life, I think God has something for you. So, I need y'all to participate. Will y'all participate with me today? Yeah. I'm serious and please don't lie about what I'm about to ask. How many of y'all show of hands? How many of y'all have ever truly 10-foot goal dunked a basketball? Let me see your hands. You've dunked a basketball. Wow, there's... I see you, boo. There is way more than I expected. So, I could... I could dunk a little bit back in the day, don't laugh, and supposedly 7% of males can dunk a basketball, it's like one-tenth of 1% 1 of females can dunk a basketball, y'all have seen some of them on TV, and it's pretty crazy, those girls come down and they make me feel bad, because they go ahead and shack on somebody in the WNBA, and I'm like, I can't do that anymore, I feel bad, how many of y'all have never, see, be honest, have never even been close to dunking a basketball, show me, y'all look around, never been close, most people have never been close. And if you were honest, some of y'all, some of y'all, maybe, maybe you hit the rim one time and it was an accident or something. But, but if you'll be honest with yourselves, most of y'all that have never been close would say, that's impossible. Are y'all with me? That's impossible. I can't, there, under no circumstance could I possibly do that. And I understand that that was not impossible for me. But then there's some things that y'all do. Example, yesterday, I'm in the house and Lainey's cooped up 
And when she gets cooped up, it gets a little crazy, and we start doing all this gymnastic stuff. I'm like, like, can we sit still for five minutes? Anybody, any, if there's a parent in this room, y'all need to be testifying with some snow days right now. Come on. And she's doing cartwheels, cartwheels, cartwheels. And I'm like, I'm getting tired watching you do cartwheels. And my 6'4", 240-pound physique has never really been a cartwheel guy, if y'all know what I'm talking about. And then out of nowhere, and I don't even think she knows what she was doing. She just goes, whoosh, and does a one-handed cartwheel. And I was like, whoa, that's a little different. Let me tell y'all what's impossible, okay? Me doing a one-handed cartwheel is impossible. Some of y'all have said, there's no way I can dunk a basketball. You have a much better chance of dunking a basketball than I do doing that one-handed cartwheel that I saw her do yesterday, if y'all are understanding what I'm saying. I'm laying it down. Is anybody else picking it up? Yeah. That ain't happening, okay? I was looking at her like, ooh, that ain't going to happen. Nope. And then do y'all ever watch movies? I like... Um, I like like superhero movies and stuff like that, although, my gosh, how many more Spider-Mans can we get? Come on, somebody, right? Who, Spider-Man 28, pew, 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 right? But, and I like them, I like those movies. But every once in a while, do y'all ever sit back and go, I wish it was a little bit more realistic. You know what I'm talking about? I'm like, I know this is supposed to be a superhero, but when these, like, like the bad guys are so bad, can't they just be normal and they're shooting people up and they go save the day? They're, they're so bad at like just taking over the whole world. And sometimes you just sit back and if you'll be honest with yourselves, you probably said, that's too much. That's not possible. Well, here's the deal. If we're ever honest with ourselves about what God's called us to do, Spider-Man, dunking a basketball, one-handed cartwheels, is much more probable than what God's called us to do. Did you know that? It's much more probable for me to shoot webs out of my hands <laughs> and, and do a one-handed cartwheel today. And if I worked a little bit, I could probably dunk a basketball again right now. But all those things are much more probable than truly loving with the love of the Lord all the time. I, it, because here's what we do. Here's what we do. Maybe it's just me. This afternoon, I'm going to get excited, and if y'all aren't, that's okay. We're going to pray for you, but I'm going to get excited for the Panthers because I want them to keep pounding. I want them to make the Super Bowl. Come on, somebody. And all of y'all that don't want the Panthers to win, we love you with the love of something, right? Maybe not the love of the Lord right now, but we're praying for you. And I'm not even, the Panthers aren't who I grew up pulling for, but I'd love to see them win. They're our home team. But, and so many of us would say, I love the Panthers, but that's not the love. The love that we're talking about that's God's love is this, this unconditional, sacrificial, never holding past against us love. And the hardest person to love in the world, I'm convinced of this, is me. Because Leah lives with me and I think about the end of the day sometimes and go, my gosh, I don't know how she's still talking about loving me, better yet loving me. And that doesn't include the neighbors that we're supposed to love like we're talking about in this series. And here's the truth. I'm telling y'all, if, if we'll ever just strip down all the religious garb, because that's what we do when we come into church. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen, brother. Good to see you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Y'all with me? That's Johnny Church, man. And we come in and we're ready to go. But the truth is when we leave, I don't love any of them. I'm cranky and I'm mad and I'm, ah, stay out of my way. Why? Because it's impossible. At the end of the day, it's impossible. But here's the verse that honestly gives me more hope 
than anything else. And it's not one verse. It's found several times in the New Testament. With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. possible. And I'm not really going to pray about doing a one-handed cartwheel when I get home because I'm afraid we would go to the hospital with me being split open. But one thing I am praying that the Holy Spirit will do, by the way, the fruit of the Spirit is love and then the other eight. That is all one spirit, but it's rooted and foundationed in his love. That is the ground floor of being Christ-like, but it has to be from the root of him. And so many of us miss that point. And we go out and we strive really hard to do something great for God. And this morning, I'm going to look at two passages. The first one is in Luke chapter 10. If you were here a couple weeks ago, it's just the next story after the Good Samaritan. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse, eight, or verse 38. And I believe that this is such a beautiful picture of the church today. I believe that we can find ourselves sitting exactly where one of these ladies were sitting. It says, now, as they went on, their way. They were leaving where Jesus was and he was teaching in the synagogue. And then they went to this town called Bethany. It's only about a mile away from Jerusalem where they left. And it says they entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she sat and she had a sister named Mary. Now listen. And she sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. She sat down and she listened. And so often when someone is in this posture, my attitude, I'm just being honest with y'all, is to look over and go, <laughs> right? Why is she sitting down when we got stuff to do? Does anybody else understand what I'm talking about? If you own a business, you should be saying amen right now. Come on, somebody. Why is she sitting down? There's stuff to do. Anybody with me? Amen. Next verse. He said, but Martha was, what does y'all say it? Distracted. Distracted. Man alive, I feel like that is like, if you could circle a word in the Bible and describe the church today, I would say that that would be a really good one. We're distracted. It says Martha was distracted with much serving. And so Martha wasn't doing bad things. I think this is Satan's trick. I think Satan's trick is to make us believe that all the bad that we're doing is what's going to keep us from our fullest life in Christ. But Martha was distracted by serving. And she went to God of the universe who became flesh. Think about this. God has come to visit you. And you go to him, and I feel like I would do the same thing. And said, Jesus, Lord, don't you care that she's just hanging out and I'm doing all this stuff? Look at me. Proud of what I do. You're welcome, God, right? She's left me to do all this stuff alone. Tell her to get up and help me. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Because I'm doing it. <laughs> Come on. And verse 41 says, the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious. Does anybody remember? A few months back, the word for anxious, do y'all remember it? Marimna. This is the same word I made sure. Marimna. The, the definition for anxiety or for worry is to sever what God's intent for your life is and literally put you heading in another direction. And, he, and she says, your anxiety, Jesus is saying this, you're troubled. You're going in a direction that I did not intend. You're not living your fullest life. And yet you believe that you're doing so much because you're doing, doing, doing. Your life is so busy that when I walk into the room, you're distracted by me. And I feel like if we be honest, a lot of times when God comes in and moves, pastor, man, for real, bro, you're going to have to get this show on the road. Or, 
I wish my wife would shut up about all this Jesus stuff because she's like holy rolling and she just wants to read her Bible and I don't get what's going on. Or my neighbor needs help, but I got somewhere that I need to do because it's all about me and my life. And, and here's the deal. Here's my distractions. Is I feel like when it comes to me, a lot of times I'm willing to tell God how much I love people when they're on TV. Does anybody else understand what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all listen, when, when you see the, if you'll give $30 a month, does anybody else get misty-eyed and you start feeling good about yourselves? I, I'm a great person. I love these people. And I might even sign up for the $30 a month, but the dude that lives three houses down from me whose life is a wreck, I don't have time for him because I'm distracted. God called me to Jerusalem first. This is my Jerusalem. That bullseye that's on our map, you belong, that's my bullseye. That's where God has placed me. I can't change the world and go out where God called me until I come in where God has placed me. Come on, somebody. That's a good word right there. But I'm so anxious, and I find myself distracted and finding out. I bet they said something about me. I bet they did something. I, man, those people, man, they doing this all the time. God, I wish you would come down off your throne and tell them what they need to do. Come on. You're troubled by many things, but listen, golly, this is so good. But one thing is necessary. We get so distracted by things that are important that we miss the one thing that's necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, mm, which will not be taken away from her. So here's a question that I want to ask you. Is what you are distracted by and anxious about today going to matter in 100 years? Like this morning, I wasn't planning on saying this because I did not plan this. <laughs> we, we came over here and by the grace of God, he showed us that the, the heater was completely frozen last night. Thank you, Jesus, because it would be a little chilly up in this mug if it was still a block of ice. And so a couple of us heated it up. They got it done. Let me be honest. They heated it up, and I watched them because I don't know what I'm doing. But they got it done. Praise God. I got home. We had been out for a long time, and I started scraping my driveway. I went back inside the house and <laughs> just went brain dead and didn't close my garage door. I don't know if y'all know this, but it got a little chilly last night. <laughs> My, we have a water cutoff in our garage. Can y'all guess what happened when it was 17 and the wind was blowing and my water cutoff that's exposed pipe was not closed in a garage? Can y'all guess what happened to my pipes this morning? They froze. Praise God they didn't burst because it would have been a much worse morning. But then I got distracted. God, I'm going to preach for you. You should like put this magic dust of warmth around my pipes. And I know that I made this happen because I didn't close the garage door and just pushed the button. But somehow this is your fault. And I just wonder if my pipes had bust and the worst thing would have happened. And it would have run over everywhere and frozen things and think, would that have mattered in 100 years? Nope. But Satan's ploy is to distract us to the point that I can't see the forest from the trees. And I become a Martha in my life and start taking score of how much I'm doing and how much I'm not. And I've got four Ds because this is what preachers do. And so y'all just say amen with me if you don't like it. But I've got the four dangers of being a Martha. And I put them all as Ds because it just preaches good. So come on, somebody. The four Ds. One, I become distracted. I become distracted. The verse said it right there. But when I'm a Martha and I'm, and I'm grading myself, and listen, we all want to say, well, I don't do that. I, I love people, right? but I don't. A lot of times the people I'm called to love, I end up killing 
because I'm trying to serve my way out instead of his love shining through. And so the people that I have great intentions to love on, my distractions end up killing them. And it ain't killing them with kindness, if you know what I'm talking about. Distracted. Here's what, here's what Luke 10, 40 said. But Martha was distracted with her serving. And when I'm a Martha, when I'm so caught up in all that I'm doing and I'm taking score, here's what I start doing is, Leah, why didn't you do this? Because I asked you to do it. And you're not quite doing as much as me. And Leah, you could do a little bit more. And that's just my house. But then some of y'all, I've done this in the past. So-and-so didn't share something. They must be mad. <laughs> they didn't like my Facebook post. No one else has done that. Is that just me? Come on. Are we going to lie up in this mug today? <laughs> they didn't call me back. I guess they busy. Right? Anybody? And we get like bent out of shape. And I know personality types are different and some of y'all are even killed, but down deep inside, we all feel this way to an extent and we get distracted from the mission that God has called us to. And that's making much of him. That's giving glory and honor to God, period. But that can't happen. It's impossible if I set out to do it or if I hear a good message or read a good quiet time or, or, or something takes place and I'm like, yes, I'm gonna do better. And then I end up leaving and end up something happens and my pipes freeze up. Come on, somebody. And I get distracted and I can't do what God's called me to do because I'm being severed. And the enemy did not cause my pipes to freeze. I did by not closing the garage door. But I think it's amazing that it happened on Sunday when I was about to get in the shower at 7 a.m. this morning. I turned the water on and nothing happened. I, I think that's an amazing irony that things happen. It seems like every Sunday in the Pango household, whoo. And I can't take a step back because of my immaturity in the faith and say, I'm so excited, God, what you're about to do because I believe the enemy is trying to, what's this word? Distract me from all that you have for me. But I will not be moved. <laughs> and it's not what I'm good at, but it's because I'm rooted in your love in Christ Jesus. And I'll lift my eyes to the hills because that's where my help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. I won't lift my eyes to the phone book. I won't let, and will I call? We called this morning to make sure that it was, it was us. But my help really comes from the Lord. My rest really comes from the Lord. And if it doesn't, I'll continuously be distracted. And then I'll ask this question. Why does it always seem like this? Why is it always this hard? And then I'll lie to myself and say, this is just a season. And this too shall pass. But the truth is I continuously stay dissatisfied with my life. When people see me, that's number two, by the way. When people see me, they know that I'm disgruntled and I'm angry. And they see my life and they go, that dude doesn't seem very full of joy. He doesn't seem like there's a difference in his life. And I wonder why. And it's not out of bad intentions. It's not out of bad reasoning. It's not out of bad. I came in and I said, you know what? I want a terrible life today. Christian, this is for you. Christ follower, this is for you. It's not that I wake up and go, today I'm just going to wreck the place. It's going to be awesome. But when I'm dissatisfied, listen carefully, I find myself slipping into sin. And that sin has a spiral that knows no bound. It keeps going and it keeps going and I find myself in a pit and I say, how did I end up here? God, I was doing good things. I'm standing on a stage and I'm preaching your word. How did this happen? How am I so angry with life? And it's because I'm Martha. 
This is what Jesus said in Luke 10. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, Marimna has captured you. It's taken hold of you. And your life is going directly this way when you intended it to go this way. Remember this. I've quoted this many times. It's direction, not intention, determines your destiny, your destination. And the problem is many of us have great intentions when we leave a service or great intentions when we set out. But we're going in the direction that leads to destruction. And our hearts are far from God. And we'll find ourselves slowly leaking out. And we'll look down and go, how did I end up here? This is ridiculous. I hate this. I hate it too. I'm with you. It's miserable. Look at this. Satan distracts you with what you do. With all that you have to do to keep you from who you are in Christ. I believe that's his number one goal for a Christian. He can't have us. Do y'all know that? He knows he can't win. He knows he can't have your spirit because the spirit of the living God is in you if you are a Christ follower. So knowing that, the number one goal I would have if I was setting war against the people is just keep them from the goal. And that's making much of Christ. That's doing things that count 100 years from now. All of you should go do your job tomorrow because that's your job. But in your job, there's a calling that is the underbelly of every single person. And if I could just get you off key just a little bit. When I was playing ball, seriously, and I'm, I don't know if I'm proud of this or not. I'm kind of proud of it, so I probably shouldn't lie. I, I, my goal was to get under the person's skin that I was playing against. Some of y'all that played ball with me, y'all know this. I, I, would, I, would, I was pretty good at talking junk. I'm just going to tell you. I, I, I had a PhD in talking trash because I would just. And here's what we knew about talking trash. If we could get in your mind and just whatever to get a little bit of an advantage. And I tried to encourage my boys, and some of them are here that played for us. Don't do that because it's, it's probably not the right thing to do, right? But, but I just wanted to get a little bit of an advantage. And so I'd get up under your skin, and we'd have cats shooting crazy shots. Maybe way off their game by the end of the day. And we'd just laugh and say, got him, right? Because he was probably better than me, but he wasn't today. Why? Because I got him. I won this battle. It never even mattered what was in here because I got him here and it stops. And if he can just make you believe that what you do is what defines you, then religion takes over a people. And we begin to get disgruntled and gossip and conflict and all these things start taking place and not a friendship with God that he's called us to. We forget the fact that we love God because he loved us first, not so that we can earn his love. And what happens in my life is I try to do enough no matter how many times I've preached it or no matter how many times I've talked about it, I try to do enough and distractions become my life. And then I disassociate myself. I completely disassociate myself with those who love me the most, with those that want to help me. And listen, listen, don't miss this. Then I find myself questioning everything and drawing conclusions. And the ones that are truly trying to give me a helpline and love me I kill with my heart and with my spirit because I'm not even listening to what you have to say at this point because I believe that you never had my best interest in mind because I've become such a Martha and I'm serving so much and I'm mad at you for not doing as much as I am. And check this out. With all of these Ds, the God of the universe can't even have access to interrupt my life. 
I mean, if you just stop and think and say that to yourselves, that is crazy. <laughs> but that's my every day. I don't give God access to interrupt what I am doing because I tell God, no, I'm doing this for you. So just be quiet and, and, and tell them to do what I'm doing. No, sometimes I can't because I become so distracted and so disoriented and out of sorts that I'm, I completely disassociate myself. And here's why that's big. We're called to love God and love people. And I can't love the people that I have completely left in the cold. Yes, when the, when the TV thing comes on and I'll, I'll get teared up and say, yes, I'm going to give $30. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Everybody should do that. It's awesome. And when I go to Nicaragua, I've been there 10 times. I love missions. And I just pour my heart out and I want to talk to every, listen, every person that I see. And I'm this soul winning maniac. And I want to pass these bracelets out to everybody, but by next door, neighbors, no. They, they got bad breath. You know what I'm talking about? Somebody knows what I'm talking about. And my uncle's crazy and he never shuts up. And my cousin is a godly Moses and my brother is this. And all these people in our lives that God has placed in our lives, we pull back and say, no, but I will go to Nicaragua, God, if you'll just call me there. Or I will go to Southeast Asia. Or I will go to Israel. Or we'll go to all these places because I don't know them. And it's not messy. Because what God's called us to do is impossible. And this is too hard. And as a result, my culture and what people see when they see Mark is dishonor. It's the opposite. I, on my wall, in my office, I have the word honor. Because I believe if we lived as a people of honor and lifted up because of his honor and because of what he's done in us, not so that we make people higher than they are because every person is a person, but because he loved us first and because his weight and glory has been put on us, we can lift up and say, what can I do to help with everyone? But this is impossible if I'm a Martha. Because what it really becomes is just an act. Are y'all with me this morning? It becomes an act. I honor people but I honor them to get something. I love people, but I love them to get what I can get out of them. I don't love them and honor them out of the overflow of his love in me. It never, ever, ever will happen if I'm a Martha. And so I just want you to answer this question, please. Are you too busy for God to interrupt you and shift your life where you are today? Are you too busy for God to interrupt you this morning? Because if you are, and I don't know what your calling is, I'm not God, I will never give you a prophetic word unless I really believe that God has told me that I should call you or talk to you one-on-one -on -one and say, this is what God has for you. But I've only done that with a couple people because I try to make sure. Because God speaks to you. God is in you and he speaks to you. And I just wonder when he's speaking to you, can you hear him? Or are you so distracted by what you're doing that you haven't even heard his voice? And I really think the problem, and I'm going to summarize this pretty quickly, but I want y'all to stay with me. In John chapter, uh, 1 John chapter 4, 50 years after Jesus rose from the dead, John's at the end of his life. And I've used this, these passages before, but I think it ties the message up in a bow so well. Because I think it summarizes a friendship with God and fellowship with God versus trying to be good enough for God. And here's what 1 John chapter 4 says. Beloved, that's, that's you. That's any of you that call yourself a Christ follower. And I got great news if you don't know Jesus today. 
This is about to be for you too. Because Jesus loved you so much that he said yes to God and he came down and took on sin and death and he kicked the grave in the mouth so that you never have to die. But Christ follower, this is for you too. Listen, come on, y'all can clap. Y'all can get rowdy up in this mug, come on. But Christ follower, this is for you too and this is what I think is so sad about my life. I'm not even gonna call y'all out because I know God's speaking to some of y'all, but I know he's talked to me for a couple weeks with this thing. I live like I got grave clothes on and I live angry so often and I live like I can't get pumped up and lose my mind up in a church because I'm with fellow brothers and sisters and even though we're not supposed to forsake the gathering of brothers and sisters together, I just want to get it over with. What time is lunch? Can we get going? And I don't want to lose my mind in fellowship with each other and high five and hug. I just want to get it through. And it's because it's a distraction <laughs> for what I want to do. And he says, listen, love one another. And this is that love word. It's impossible. I can't do it. For love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And immediately we think, immediately, I've heard this used. Well, then you're not a Christian. You're not a Christian. I don't think that's what John's talking about here. I think it's a little deeper and I think you have to dig a little deeper to understand the bottom line meaning and it's this. You can't have a friendship with the one that you haven't received. If y'all ask me to come over to your house and I said, nah, I'm good. Y'all are crazy, right? And I didn't come over. And you were like, Pastor Mark's my best friend. No, I'm not, <laughs> right? And I ain't even mad at you, but we ain't boys. Or if I ask you to come to my house and you felt the same way, we would be lying to each other if we said we had a friendship. God's plan for you is an intimate Love, relationship, and so many of us think of God and he is bigger than we can imagine and better than we can imagine, but we think of him as this cosmos being that, that is uh, just crazy up there and I talk to him and it's this weird conversation. He's your friend. He loves you. He wants an intimate relationship with you. He does not want you to think that he's this weirdo with a white beard ready to zap you. I don't get this about God, but I'm so grateful that it's the case that his love covers a multitude of my sin. A multitude is a lot. 12,000 sins every day, right? And that's what this is about. Listen to what it says as we continue, verse 9. In this the love of God was made manifest or known to us, made flesh to us that God sent Jesus, his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him, not live for him. Is that right? Somebody, we live through him in this love. Not that we have loved God. Not that we have served God. Not that we have done more for God. Not that we set out to change the world, but that he called us to change the world through him. Not that we've loved God, but that he loved us and sent Jesus as the atoning, propitiation some of your versions might say something different all this means as the penalty payer for all your death for all your sin for all your hurt for all your care for everything that you'll ever have he bought it with his blood that's crazy man he purchased your debt so that we could live free and alive in him for all of our sin and shame. 
And I just, I just wonder if we'll take these next two verses and make them our culture. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Listen, this is it. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us. His spirit is inside of every one of you that are Christ followers and is made perfected in us. Can I tell you what that means? For this world to see God, it's not about giving that $30. It's not about paying a tithe. It's not about opening the old lady's door because you feel sorry for her but have forgotten everybody else. And we're called to things, but it's about His love in us. Listen, here's the point, and this is the point of everything. I can summarize everything with this one point, God's love. His love for us, His love in us. It is not about what I do. It is not about how much I try. It is not how many times I preach. It is not how big this church grows. It is not where I go, when I go, who I go for, when we do, what we do. It's all His love. And until that is the foundation in everything, until that is the first and the last, until that's all of me, I will constantly be a Martha. And I will constantly throw my hands up and say, God, these people, man. And here's the truth. On your own, it's impossible not to be a Martha. <laughs> but with God, all things are what? All things are possible. I believe God is calling some of you from the season that you're in to a season of destiny. Listen to me carefully. I believe God is calling you out. I believe God is raising you up. But as long as you believe that it falls on you, you will sit where you sit, fed up and frustrated. But if you receive God's love, and you say, God, I don't know where we're going and I'm not gonna try to tell you what to do because you're God and I'm not, but I'm gonna do what Mary did and I'm gonna sit down at your feet. And I know because I'm sitting down at the feet of Jesus that some people are gonna look at me and say, look at him, he's sitting down. It's time to stand up and work. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's time to listen. Sometimes it's just time to fall deeply in love with a God who loved me enough to send Jesus to die for me. And that's what so many of us need is we need a radical change in here. Listen, you can never leave and love someone past what you've received and what he's done in you. And for many of us, there's something that needs to break and it needs to break today. And this is what makes love so hard. And I believe this is the definition. Love and loving people is accepting their limitations and letting them know that they are more important than what we do. It's accepting them for who they are, not judging them and putting a condemnation over them, but loving them right where they are because I've never met someone who was cast down. Does that mean we hide behind sin? Of course not. Absolutely not because spirit and truth is what saves. But loving somebody is looking at that cousin who struggles with same-sex relationships and loving them. And not looking at them and saying, gross, you're gay. Because isn't that kind of how we are? Because I'm not, and it makes it easy. And loving somebody is looking at that drunk who we've all given up on and saying, you know what? I'm so thankful God didn't give up on me. And loving someone is looking at all those people that we want to call outcasts and saying, you know what, at this house, 
the least lost and lonely you're in no matter what. If there's breath in your lungs, there's a chance for God to do something great. But it can't happen through my words. It can only happen through Christ's love. And I just wonder today, I just wonder today, if you're sitting in your seat and you've been so bogged down by everything that's going on in your life that you've never been completely captured by Christ's love. Because I believe God is talking to some of you today. And this is for the person that doesn't know Jesus right now. I wonder if you've never had a love relationship with him because it's not about coming to church and it's not about paying your bills and it's not about making sure you do certain things for God. It's simply about a friendship with God because he loved you first and looking at him and saying, I love you back, Jesus. I believe that you're God and you came to save me and I love you back. And I just wonder, is there anybody in this room who would say, Pastor Mark, for the very first time, I want a love relationship with Jesus. If God's speaking to you, I'm, I'm asking everybody to keep your heads up because we're going to celebrate and I'm going to try that one-headed cartwheel when you get saved. But I just wonder, does anybody say, you know what, I'm desperate enough. I need Jesus, man. I want a love relationship with him. I'm tired of being stuck where I am and I'm ready to go. Who is it this morning? Everybody's looking. I know it's hard. But you know what, when you're desperate enough, you don't care. You just want Jesus to radically change your life. You want a love relationship with him. Is that anybody in here? Is that anybody in this room? I anticipated that I was speaking mostly to Christ followers, so here's the question. Right where you sit, I don't want you to stay where you sit because we can't stay here. We gotta move. I'm asking y'all to come down here and make this your altar. If you wanna commit to his love and his mercy, every morning and not doing more, but being interrupted by what he's going to do and letting him shift the things that he needs to shift in your life. And I'm believing God is speaking directly to some of you. And if he's not, stay right where you are. And that's cool. I ain't mad at you. I promise. Because it's not about me, honestly. It's about the one who saved you. But if you know that God's talking straight to you right now, I just want you to get up right where you are and make this your altar and say, God, the only way 2016 is the best year of my life is if I make this all about Jesus. It's not trying harder, it's not doing more. If I make this all about Jesus. And so just right here, just make this your altar right now. Get up from where you sit if this is you. And if it's nobody, so be it. But if this is you, just, just make it your altar. they pray I just want to tell y'all I can't tell you how many times I've gotten in the car <laughs> I'm not proud of this but I'm just being honest with you I can't tell you how many times I've gotten in the car after a message that I thought went well and I've said I did good today I'm talking to me but the reality of the matter is it was that's the funniest thing that I can ever say I did good. The love relationship that God wants you to have has nothing to do with what you do, but only why you do what you do. And for your life to flip upside down, please, please 
hear my voice, please don't try harder tomorrow because that will only make you angry and distracted. Please let it only be rooted through the Holy Spirit and in Christ's love because it will radically jack your life up. And you will start doing things that you never expected. And you'll say things like this. I don't really know why I was nice to that lady because I really wanted a roundhouse kicker because she cut me off in line. Come on, somebody. But I just felt something come over me and it wasn't magic and it wasn't voodoo. I just knew I was supposed to give that lady a hug or I knew I was supposed to buy that lady's meal. Can I just tell you that the only power that we possibly have in this world is in Christ, is being filled with the Holy Spirit, is being prayed up to the point that God radically shoots the light out because the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. And it's time that we, the church, stand up and kick the doors of the gates of hell down because it cannot overcome and we have already won. And I just believe that God wants to shift something and do something great. God, I thank you for every person sitting and every person kneeling. And I just pray a covering over our church right now. God, I pray that you'll protect families because the enemy will come at us and try to sever your love for us. My goodness, if he can just keep us distracted from Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 that we throw off the sin and the things that entangle us and we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Lord Jesus, you are worthy of so much more praise and so much more honor than we can give. God, help us realize that the only way that our culture changes at home and in our lives is your love and a friendship with you, not trying harder, not making new rules. That doesn't work. God, the greatest mystery on this planet is that you love us, but I'm so grateful that you do, and I believe that we're never going to be the same. Lord Jesus, will you just do a miracle in this place? Not that 500 or 600 or 1,000 people will come. Lord, we can make a mess of that in a minute, but that an army rises up through the love of Jesus. What an honor it is to lift up your name because it is the name that is above every name. You're a good father. And we believe that the king is among us. And Lord Jesus, we are honored and excited to sing your name. And everybody said, will y'all sing with us?